Welcome to the Occult London podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk, where you can subscribe to the show. If anyone has any questions for me, then I'd love to hear from them, so please reach out via Facebook or on email, as I'd love to answer any questions. In today's episode, we will be continuing our uh, Magical Rites series with a discussion on the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Hexagram. This is uh, part of a discussion on different rituals used in the Western esoteric tradition, and we'll be looking at the hexagram rituals. The hexagram rituals all use different variations of the hexagram ritual drawn in different ways to connect the magician with the macrocosm and specifically planetary forces. It then combines the different symbolism of the different planetary hexagrams representing the different seven planets under the rulership of the Sephiroth of the Tree of Life with the letters of the seven-lettered name Ararita, which is an Tarakon for the Hebrew phrase Akad Rosh Akadothu Rosh Ikudu Tumuratu Akad, which means one is thy beginning, one is thy individuality, thy permutation is one. It also features a part known as the analysis of a keyword, which is kind of like an initiatory part of the ritual, representing life, death and the resurrection of the magician, and also acts as a uniting of the microcosm and the macrocosm, or the hierus gamos. The, the lesser banishing ritual of the hexagram is normally performed at the conclusion of the LBRP and is used to intensify the banishing effect and it's also similar in format to the LBRP in that the magician draws different hexagrams in each quarter of the circle. However, in the hexagram ritual, the elements are shifted. So we have fire in the east, earth in the south, air in the west, and water in the north. One of the things that comes up when you first look at this is why are the elements switched around with that? So why is fire in the east? Why is earth in the south? Some authors have said that this is probably a mistake and they've adjusted it back so that air is in the east, fire is in the south, water in the west. However, if one considers the um, the real symbolism behind the, the ritual, it's designed to raise the consciousness to that of the macrocosm. So it re- it's kind of how, in turn, how you perceive the world. In the pentagram ritual, uh, the magician stands surrounded by the material world of the elements and he or she is ensouled in matter and the elemental forces. In the hexagram ritual, the magician stands as the sun, as Helios, surrounded by the belt of the zodiac, perceiving the cardinal signs of Aries, so fire in the east, Capricorn in the south, um, Libra, air in the west, Cancer in the north. And this has changed in Thelemic practice where they place Boleskin in the east and they circumambulate in an anticlockwise direction. The hexagram rituals are normally used when working with planetary or sephirotic forces rather than the elemental forces of the LBRP. And it's normally, as I said, performed after the LBRP really to kind of neutralise planetary energy before you begin a working 
And this is described as follows, and I'd quote, The ritual of the pentagram allows the Kabbalistic magician to invoke or banish any of the powers of the elements at will. In many of the practical applications of magic through the energies assigned to the seven traditional planets are more useful than those of the elements, and for these a different ritual is used to invoke and banish the ritual of the hexagram. There's two variations, the lesser banishing ritual of the hexagram and the greater hexagram rituals. And these are basically lesser and greater forms. The lesser is for general banishing or invoking of energy and the greater is usually used as a specific work with the forces of a different of a specific planet. There's key differences between the rituals. Um, as I said, the hexagram uses a different set of correspondences for the directions. So the LBRP uses terrestrial order based on the seasons and the winds and the hexagram uses celestial order based on the zodiac. The hexagram also replaces the evocation of the archangels with a Kabbalistic inv invocation based on the ERO formula, which summons the energies of Tifret. And this kind of really creates this wonderful feeling of energy and balance within the room and also has a really nice invoking feeling of energy. And this is something that Greer describes in his really good book, uh, Circles of Power, which I recommend people would, should read. The formula of the hexagram draws much on the symbolism of Tiferet, a topic large and complex enough that it can be reviewed here. Briefly, Tiferet combines the imagery of king and sacrificial victim. To it corresponds all gods who die and rise again, such as Jesus and Osiris. The meaning or one of the meanings of this symbolism rises from Tiferet's role in the energy dynamics of the tree. As the centre and balance point of the tree's polarities, it both rules and is ruled by every other sphere, and it forms the central point of a hexagram of the powers of the tree. The central invocation of the rite is known as the analysis of the keyword or inri, and these are words that were traditionally written on the cross of Jesus, I-N-R-I, which stands for Jesus Nazaretus Rex Aeldorium or Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Then Hebrew that is translated as Yod Nun Resh Yod, which is Virgo Scorpio, Sun Virgo. And these correspond to different deities with regards to the dying god myth. The names of the gods Isis, Apophis, Osiris correspond to the Gnostic name of God, which is E-R-O, and from the signs attributed to them comes the Latin word LVX which means light and this is also described as follows the whole pattern symbolizes the death and rebirth of the sun and of the sea the two central manifestations of the power of tifret in the realm of human experience so the letter ritual uses four symbols which are the elemental hexagrams which are drawn in the four quarters in which the pentagrams are drawn so east south west and north but the basic form of it is slightly different in that the hexagram follows, as I said, astrological correspondences of earth, of fire, sorry, earth, air and water. So this ritual is basically enabling the magician to tap into elemental and astrological influxes simultaneously. In terms of the actual format, an elemental hexagram is drawn in the air just like a pentagram, uh, usually using a, a knife or a sword for banishing and the wand for invoking. Um, or sometimes you can just use two fingers of your right hand when you draw the hexagrams as well. Um, when you draw a pen, when you draw 
draw the shapes. They're also um, formed in lines of bright light floating in the air at a point directly in front of you. The single elemental hexagram is formed usually by two triangles and each point of a triangle is assigned to one of the traditional celestial spheres. Um, the actual formats of the hexagrams in the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Hexagram are quite unusual and um, strange shapes. So you have to kind of try your best to try and remember them. Um, it's not too clear where they actually originate, originate from. However, Nick Farrell in his excellent blog mentions about the origin of the um, symbols of the LBRH as follows. One of the founders of the Golden Dawn took the triangle diagrams from a drawing of the Key of Solomon magic circle where it is placed in the outside circle along with the highest magical names of power. The triangles are not explained but it seems likely to me that they are geomantic symbols. Two of them in the south and west are variations of the geomantic symbol for Casa. The east is Fortuna Minor and the last in the north is Conjuncto. Within the key at circle of Key of Solomon, these geomantic symbols make a great deal of sense. In this case, their role is creating a ring of protection around the magician. If we look at the geomantic symbols, it's um, it's a good idea to see them really as a kind of recipe which which joins together and protects uh, and creates this sort of circle of protection around the magician. In terms of shape, they look very kind of Saturnian, and obviously you know connected with that idea of Saturn being this kind of protective and uh, restrictive force that creates this kind of barrier around the magician. It also fits with the idea that the geomantic shapes represent planetary forces manifesting in the earth and acting as conduits to bring that kind of uh, solar power down. The LBRH is a really good ritual to learn after mastering the LBRP and using it daily is really good as I said before about the kind of magical hygiene it really helps uh, to do it kind of in the morning and the, in the evening. Um, can, the LBRH can also be really useful for kind of clearing the aura and, and the temple of unwanted macrocosmic forces um, pertaining to the spheres above, above Tiferet as well as if you're doing something specifically focused around a particular planetary sephirotic or zodiacal force. With regards to the greater ritual hexagram, um, this is slightly different and it's used usually for invoking or banishing specific planetary or zodiacal forces. It uses a very similar pattern to the lesser form of it however instead of using the four forms of the hexagram of saturn it has differences which are the earth form of the planetary hexagram is usually used um hexagram are visualized in different planetary um, colors um, the name of god is vibrated while tracing each hexagram and ararita is vibrated as well um, the greater is usually used with regards to with more thergic operations uh, designed to kind of invoke or banish the energies of the ten spheres of the tree of life. It also has the analysis of the keyword. So the hexagrams are drawn in the earth form. So that's the interlocking upward and downward facing triangles at each quarter. And a different hexagram is drawn depending on which planet or zodiacal region you wish to evoke or banish. The hexagrams are drawn and then they draw the planetary or the zodiacal sigil in the centre and then pointing to the centre and vibrating the name of that planet and then the Arari Tur. 
and then it closes with the analysis of the keyword as well. Um, the Golden Dawn attributed different Sephiroth to each angle of the hexagram, so it essentially act as a almost like a machine or a um, a piece of technology which you can use to call out a specific planetary energy, and it was meant to represent the union of fire and water. Um, and it's not play, not traced in a continuous line like the LBRP, but separately. So it looks quite complicated, but actually when you start practicing this, it's actually relatively straightforward. So normally you'd have two triangles interlocking, so the tradition of a hexagram. And you'd have the highest angle would be Saturn, which would represent Bina, uh, black. But it also normally corresponds with Dart, which is the uh, invisible sephira of knowledge on the tree of life. Then at the lowest angle, you'd have blue which would be the moon and Yesod. The right-hand upper would be Violet and Jupiter. Right-hand lower would be Netzach. Left-hand upper would be Red, Mars and Gabura. Left-hand lower would be Yellow, Mercury and Hod. And then the centre is the gold and the sun of Tiferet. And so the invoking hexagrams follow the sun in their current form from left to right. But the banishing hexagrams trace from right to left. And the shape is drawn in two triangles, with the first triangle always being the one which um, is the home planet you're focusing on and is based on the one being the, the opposing power. So, for instance, Saturn invoking would be top-down first triangle and then second triangle would be lunar triangle. And then if you were working with the sun, um, it would be, as it's at the centre, uh, it would involve all six invoking hexagrams would need to be drawn with each symbol at the at the center so slightly long long process as i said it looks quite complicated this particular ritual but it's it's actually not that complicated when you get the hang of it and like all things with what we're talking about here you need to kind of practice them and and play around with them but yeah it can really add an awful lot of value to your practice and it will really make you begin to understand this whole kind of hermetic cosmology that we're working with that's all we've got time for today i hope everyone enjoyed it um thanks for joining us this week on the Occultland podcast if anyone has any questions for me then please reach out via facebook or on email as i'd love to answer any questions my email is occultlondonpodcast at gmail.com we really want to develop this further so please uh, rate the show or leave a review and hopefully more people can see it and get some value from it and also please please check out the website at occultlondon.co.uk Thank you. Bye-bye.